Hello, I'm Luc Brunet. Welcome to LSE Ideas. The end of the Cold War, marked by the revolutions in 1989 in Europe and the collapse of Soviet power, fundamentally reshaped the international order. If the 1990s were marked by unrivaled US dominance, the past decade has witnessed the rise of new powers and the emergence of a more multipolar world order. A quarter century after the end of the Cold War, it's worth looking at how the events of 1989 can help us understand issues facing the world today. Joining me today is Professor Michael Cox, founding co-director of LSE Ideas and Professor Emeritus of International Relations at LSE. Mick, welcome. Luke. So the end of the Cold War and the collapse of the Soviet Union mm. seems so inevitable in retrospect. Mm. Why did nobody, or almost nobody, predict it ahead of 1989? I think the emphasis on the word almost inevitable now. Everybody thinks when things happen, they find reasons for it happening, and then they think these reasons make it inevitable, and I think that's a major historical problem with nearly any big historical event. But the end of the Cold War and the collapse of the Soviet Union, which I take as being two separate events, nonetheless, I do feel uh, are ones that raise major problems about uh, how historians do history, how social scientists do social science, how Sovietologists uh, studied the Soviet Union and how students of NATO and US foreign policy studied US foreign policy and NATO. Now, there's no single answer as to why, in general, experts got it wrong. Sovietologists got it wrong because they thought the Soviet Union was very powerful. Uh, they bought into the, the Cold War idea of the Soviet threat. And if the Soviet Union was a threat, it always went outwards. It never went homewards. Most people thought that the Soviet Union would never accept German unification, which in the end they were forced to. Uh, many thought they could never get out of Eastern Europe. So there are many specific reasons, and moreover, I think many in the West thought the Soviet economy could muddle along. I don't think they also understood how devastating some of Gorbachev's economic reforms were and their impact they were then having on Soviet economic performance, which actually got worse uh, between 85 and 1989. But I think in the end, the broad reason is we get accustomed to realities and we think these realities will go on. It's a kind of intellectual laziness and intellectual conservatism. It's a structural conservatism. And the problem we've always got is what we call the big black swan events, you know, the uh, least predicted, biggest impact. And this strikes me as being the great black swan event of the late 20th century, entirely legitimate to ask the question, why didn't we predict it? All we know is that when another big change event comes around in five years' time, two years' time, 10 years' time, we won't predict that either. So we really are in a bit of a quandary on this one. In your most recent article, published mm. in Cold War History, mm. you say that policymakers in 1989 were haunted by history. Mm. What do you mean by that? I think they were haunted by the, the 20th century. Uh, two world wars and one world depression. That's enough to haunt anybody. And I think, in essence, many policymakers in the West, and maybe some in Washington and some in... Uh, uh, Moscow too, kind of thought the Cold War was a reasonable, stable, orderly system. Why did they think in those ways? Because they had gone through two world wars and one world depression. And whatever the costs of the Cold War were, it looked to be a lot, lot better than what had happened between 1914 and 1945. And to that degree, this may also explain why some of us didn't, why many at the time did not predict the end of the Cold War in 1989, because I think they'd got used to it, and I think many of them probably preferred it to carry on because they were worried about the consequences of a breakup of a system which after 1945 and, and the bipolar order after 1947 had produced some level of international order, some degree of 
of equilibrium. To that degree, I do think many policymakers were haunted by the past, and thus when they came to 1989, I think they were as much concerned about the collapse of this order as they were later to celebrate it. In recent years, and especially with the Ukraine crisis, mm. a number of commentators have likened relations between the West and Russia to a new Cold War. Mm. Is this an accurate analogy? It is not an it's not accurate. I think it's very inaccurate. And I'll tell you why, and I'll tell you why I think is a problematic analogy. The first reason it's the wrong analogy is quite simple. Russia is not the USSR. The USSR is gone. What the USSR represented, the, the threat it posed, the challenge it posed to the West, both as a superpower, as an ideology, as a military threat to Western Europe, as a supporter for third world liberation movements in Africa, Central America, etc. All that is gone. Russia is not an ideological threat, and Russia, in geopolitical terms, is not as powerful as was the, the old USSR. And in that sense, it isn't a new Cold War, and I think those who have used the term, and there have been many who have you know, grasped for understanding the present through the prism of the past, have, have used this term. I just think it, it's, it's frankly intellectually lazy to do so. Why do I think it's a dangerous thing to do, or problematic thing to do? Because you then draw all the wrong lessons from the end of the Cold War, the end of the Soviet Union. And also remember the Cold War lasted for the better part of 45 years. And if we start thinking that this is a new Cold War, well are we then at the beginning of a new 45 year freeze in East-West relations, relations between the EU and Russia? I certainly hope not. But if you draw the analogy as a new Cold War, you might conclude that we are at the beginning of a new phase of containment, as we were in 1947, which then went on for another nearly a half century, and I think that's really problematic. If new Cold War isn't accurate, what lessons or analogies from the end of the Cold War might be useful for policymakers today? Well, I think there are three, I would say. Firstly, as, as Reagan discovered in his second term, and Gorbachev was a very good partner in this, um, engagement um, with potential adversaries, potential potential problematic powers emerges as a, a pretty obvious lesson to draw <coughs> if you'd not had the engagement, which Reagan, you know, to be fair to Reagan, who was known as a Cold Warrior, was very prepared to do. I don't think you would have arrived as, as one did by 1988 and early 1989. I think engagement is, is crucial. I think secondly, there is the whole question of NATO. NATO played its role, keeping the West together, and in the same way, I, I think a united NATO today, although a very different kind of NATO, it, it all could also be seen as being part of the problem as much as part of the solution by Russians, I know that, but I do think a, a united NATO, not, not an adversarial NATO, but a strong united NATO is, is a good thing. There's another lesson uh, to be drawn. And thirdly, I think in the end, you know, let's get back to economics. Um, in part, the Cold War ended because the market system proved itself to be economically superior to that of planned five-year plans. And in a way, I would therefore draw some confidence from the current situation. Russia is now part of the world market to all intents and purposes. Its biggest trading partner is the European Union, not China. It has a lot to lose if it breaks its economic relations with an advanced market economist, which it effectively has joined and recognised as being superior back in 89, and certainly came to recognise as superior in the 1990s. So I think another lesson to learn is, you know, you know, accept that, that in many ways the advantages, particularly the economic advantages that the West possesses in its relationship with Russia are still huge. Don't oversell 
the Russian threat, as we tended to do during the Cold War, another lesson to be drawn, and recognise the power of economic engagement and economic relations, and in a sense be relatively confident that we can move forward in this current crisis with Russia, it is a genuine crisis, I think, and emerge at the other end if we pursue the right diplomacy, the right economics, and draw the right lessons from the past. Michael Cox, thank you very much. Great pleasure.